So on today's episode, you're going to learn about how to prepare for 2023. I'm going to start out with macro trends that you should be very much aware of in 2023. And I'll follow up with marketing actions you should consider taking and then operational actions you should be taking in 2023. The things my brand, we're taking these actions. I'm seeing with my small community of, of e-commerce operators that I, that I coach, they're taking some of these macro actions and some of these might apply to you. I'm not saying everything, so it's worth a listen to the very end. Pay attention. There are about 10 key actions, 10 things that could really turn the tide for you in 2023. So I reckon you should listen to this one and enjoy the episode. Thank you. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell. This show is going to be different. You're going to be hearing from me. I'm going to be shedding some light on what you need to be doing in 2023. If you're an e-commerce operator, from my perspective, on two bases. I'm an operator myself. I operate a food and beverage brand called Lean Caffeine and Clean and Pure in the UK. And also I'm a advisor and coach in e-commerce. In fact, that's my background in terms of advice and coaching e-commerce operators, essentially. So this is digging into conversations I've had with my community my clients, my soap small community, as well as experience, first-hand experience my team and I are facing now and decisions we're having to make on a regular basis. But first off, how's 2023 thus far? I'm recording this on the 26th of January. This should air a few days after, no more than four days after. So whenever you, you hear this, essentially, I just want to know how this year has panned out and, and what you're doing. I'm going to be doing more solo shows because I feel they're really important for you to understand where I'm coming from. It's okay you watching my interviews, me asking questions from other practitioners, other experts, other proven experts, other entrepreneurs, but you should hear from me every now and then. And so in 2023, you're going to be hearing a lot more from my voice, from my perspective moving forward. I'd also be, be running some episodes where I, I'd specifically be speaking to Octillion, which is our holding company for clean food and beverage, as well as skincare brands. Be hearing there'll be some episodes dedicated to what we're up to. So stay tuned for that. Now, without further ado, I'd like to start out with 2023. I have, a, I have lots of notes here. I have notes I put down on a notepad. I'm, I'm finding putting my ideas on a notepad is, is actually, it reveals more in comparison to typing it out. That's just me. It, it's different for some people, but I've typed out my intro, which essentially is what's happening really. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. 
Let's talk about the importance of retention in e-commerce growth and the role that marketing automation plays in achieving it. When it comes to marketing automation, the gold standard platform for e-commerce is Klaviyo. I've been using Klaviyo since 2017, and I've watched it evolve from an email-only platform to a unified customer platform with integrated email and SMS capabilities. Not only have I watched it evolve, but I've been able to use Klaviyo to roll out highly targeted messaging flows to VIPs and high-risk customers who are about to churn, and even implement on-site behavior-triggered message flows, all with high deliverability rates. I've never once had to worry about not being able to use Klaviyo for even my wildest automation and optimization dreams because Klaviyo has deep integration with my tech stack with over 300 integrations. It's no wonder why over 100,000 brands trust Klaviyo, including big names like Glossier, Iconic London, Wilkinson Sword, Italis, Grind, and Blender's Eyewear, and at Octelian, where we acquire digital native brands in both the health and beauty and the food and beverage industries. We use Klaviyo in our portfolio brands like Lean Caffeine. With Klaviyo, you will have a single platform to personalize at scale and connect with your customers to grow more profitably and sustainably on your own terms without having to rely on expensive strategies like paid advertising. So don't wait, try Klaviyo today and take control of your e-commerce growth. Get a free trial at klaviyo.com slash 2x. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash 2x. What, what um, I'm going to speak to the trends first, right? Trends. What exactly is happening in 2023? And I'm going to speak to specific actions you can take that would no doubt allow you thrive this 2023. So let's start out with 2023, the trends and what exactly is happening. 2023, believe it or not, for the vast majority of the population, and it doesn't have to be you, is a year of contraction. Things are shrinking, right? Consumers are looking to 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 reduce to 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 downside. Businesses are looking to to downsize. Now that rule doesn't have to be you. And I'll explain why later on and why you shouldn't adopt that mentality this 2023. With the contractions, as you can see, You've heard about the big tech lay layoffs. I put out a a, a LinkedIn post about um, early early this week, or I think it was late last week, around just the numbers, the share numbers of tens of thousands of employees, particularly in the United States, that have lost their job. And these are white collar jobs. Most of these jobs are six figure jobs, and that is demand for for stuff you're probably selling as an e commerce operator or e commerce brand. One trend you need to take in 2023 is consumers are driven by value, right? For a large part in 2023, it's it's clear that they're looking for for deals. A lot of consumers are moving, they're switching from brands, right? So they're switching brands that offer the same utility due to price. So so consumers are very price sensitive. Before we jump into the price sensitivity of consumers, let's look at the UK. 
in the UK grocery scene, for instance, the major winners in Q4 were discounter grocery stores, right? So there were brands like Lidl and Aldi, and they promised to price match, to, to, to really, really price match and bring things down. And it matched consumers' unique circumstances. Now, that's what happened in Q4. I think, now this is anecdotal, I do think that the economy would re- rebound at some point this year, right? It will rebound. But for the next two quarters, consumers are still reeling. I mean, they're, 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 there's they're, they're, they're many protests and strikes in the UK at this point in time, as, as you, you can imagine. So in the UK, 65% of UK adults are spending less on non-essential items, 65%, okay? UK consumer confidence remained below minus 40 for the ninth month in a row in January. These are, these are stats I, I, I took, took note of. Marking it the longest period of pessimism, retail pessimism in 50 years. This is the UK. In the USA, retail spending fell in December at its sharpest pace in 2022, marking a dismal end of the holiday shopping season as rising interest rates, still high inflation, and concerns about a slowing economy pinched American consumers. This is from, from Bloomberg. Purchases at stores, restaurants, and online declined a seasonally adjusted 1.1% in December prior to the month, so December to, to November. This is the US. Sam's Club, which, you know, their discounters, wholesale discounters, same store sales estimates, including fuel, went up by 5.5% in November 2022 to 9.7% in January 2023. The same can be said for Costco wholesale and BJ wholesale, including fuel. So this circles back to my point, which which I probably prematurely, um, which I pr- probably prematurely mentioned, which is consumers are driven by value for the large part in 2023. So we let's just have that in mind. Consumers are value driven this 2022. Now, two key opportunities. So on the, on the, rather on the other end of the scale, you have luxury. I'm not talking about sub luxury where it's like a brand that's not ultra luxurious, where it's aspiring to be luxurious, like a Michael Kors or or what have you. I'm talking about ultra luxury. There's also this new appetite for ultra luxury. A lot of people too have made money in this inflation. And so on the two ends of the scale, you have discounters which will be thriving this 2023. And then you have ultra luxury. Obviously China is opening. So if you're an international luxury brand, which is probably not the case for most listeners of this podcast, the Chinese customers are back. They're, 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 there's no more COVID in, 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 in China. And so they're, they're, they're looking to, to essentially just haul through, you know, um, their shopping appetite, you know, they just need to, to, to really get, get, get in with luxurious shopping. Let's put that aside. Another major trend this 2023 is generative artificial intelligence, i.e. or AKA chat GPT. Now chat GPT is just one of many, but it's the main tech in, in generative AI. And if you're not using 
it already or trying it out already, you're behind the curve. Now that is going to make up for some certain things that are going to happen in 2023 in terms of like loss of personnel. I see them, I see generative AI as an opportunity for like additional staff manpower, right? Intellectual manpower. But we're going to put that aside. So we've talked about this value-driven customer. The second is luxury for international brands, obviously, will still benefit in 2023. Generative AI is, <laughs> is a big, big, big macro trend. In the light of all of this, what lies ahead in 2023 for e-commerce operators? That's what this show is all about. Right. Okay. Now, I'm going to split this out from a marketing standpoint and an operation standpoint. So with operations, I'd also throw in a few tips for, for finance. But from a marketing standpoint and operation standpoint, I've listed a few items. I think there are a total of 10 items, 10 things you should be doing. Most of the items you should be doing, it might not apply for, it's not a broad stroke thing, but it's, it would apply to many. Pick and choose and we'll get right there. So point number one is focusing on your brand, right? I had a conversation earlier on with William Harris um, from Element. Element is an agency and there is still competition from a performance market standpoint, whether you're selling on TikTok or selling through TikTok or trying to, to generate awareness and attention through TikTok, or you're trying to generate attention and awareness through, uh, through, through, through Facebook or the meta ecosystem, which is Facebook and Instagram. If you're going social, there's a lot of noise and you need to cut through that noise. And to cut through that noise, the, the brands that are cutting through the noise are brands taking branding seriously. Last year in November, Ayo and I, my business partner, as I, we, we sat down with brand strategist, um, the, her name, her name is Kali, Kali and Emma. I'll link to, 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 to their, agency in the show notes. So we sat them, we sat down with them for one full day for a full day workshop on just strategizing the next steps for Lean Caffeine, which is the brand we acquired, which, which interestingly is an Amazon native brand. So they're doing things quite <clears throat> Amazon-y, let's put it that way. But there's so much opportunity when you're brand led. You do things slightly different because everybody seems to be doing the same thing, you know, working with the same creators using the same format, TikTok made me do this, you know, the, the same opens, the same hooks. Everybody seems to be doing the same thing, using the same creators. But to really, really make, make an impact, you need to be a distinctive brand. What do I mean by distinctive brand? Look at Liquid Death. I was in, in the States, I was in Chicago over the holidays. And I, you know, so Liquid Death is not in the UK. It's, it's, it's in... It's, it's in the US only, $700 million company, but that's not the point. I call them a death-obsessed CPG brand that's doing good for the planet, one, and, and has that humor, you know, has humor. It's, it's death-obsessed, you know, so it's, it's really theoretical. It, 
theoretic, yeah, theoretic must be the word, right? It's very theoretic. The the theoretic is is the word, right? So let me read this to you. This is from a can of of liquid death. This infinitely recyclable can of stone-cold sparkling water came straight from the Alps to murder your thirst. When a group of teenagers set off into the mountains for a weekend of drinking regular water in plastic bottles, they became haunted by an aluminium can of mountain water that was dead set on murdering their thirst and recycling their souls. Once cracked open, no thirst is safe from liquid death. After ritually dismembering its thirst victims, this brutal can of water used the severed body parts of dead thirst to build itself a flesh suit, which is used to disguise to get a job in marketing. But Liquid Death never took the job. It just murdered a bunch more thirst instead. Ingredients, mountain water and CO2. Hashtag death to plastic. And they say we donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. If you haven't heard of Liquid Death, I would encourage you to jump into your socials, particularly YouTube, and enjoy the experience, you know, the the storytelling experience from this brand. It's it's mixed, it's edutainment. It's it's more towards the entertainment bit of, of edutainment. But you need to figure out your brand core. You know, your, your, your brand essentially in 2023 is an identity. If you have not honed in that identity, double down on it, you're just moving products. You're just shifting products. And the, that will lead you to a race to the bottom where consumers would switch. The switching costs there in their minds is easier if they're just buying your product for the utility sake of it. But if they're emotionally connected to you, you'd find a cohort of your customers sticking with you, even as you may want to increase prices or things change on your brand. So you need to think about brand and cutting through the noise. So also you get a higher return on your advertising spend. Your marketing works better for you. For more mature brands, you should be spending 60% of your budget on brand and 40% in performance. It may not always be the case, but always think about brand. And brand does not necessarily mean, oh, it's it's a logo, it's the copy. Yes, it's it's, it's a copy. That's all part of, of it. But brand can also be executed from an organic standpoint where you have a YouTube channel, you're investing in the content and reaching audiences. And that YouTube channel, everybody distinctively knows your brand through YouTube. And that, in, in essence, is, is making your performance marketing a bit easier. This is all off, also off the back of the fact that you know that your product actually delivers, over delivers from a utility standpoint. So from a marketing standpoint, Branding in 2023 is so, so important. So I implore you to to get in that done ASAP. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. If you're looking to take your e-commerce growth to the next level, I highly recommend checking out Recharge for your recurring payments and subscription management needs. 
With Recharge, you'll be able to streamline your recurring payments, create predictability, and even further automate your business. So don't wait. Get started with the subscription platform trusted by over 50 million subscribers across the world. Try Recharge today and see how it can help you retain your customers and grow your business. So head over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. The second point is cutting the slack, right? Now, there's some categories doing really well, right? In in this recession, we, we talk about Primark, for instance. Primark is a value clothing brand in the UK. Oh my God. They're looking to, to open hundreds of more stores, right? So if you're in the value end of the, the scale, 2023 might be so long as your messaging is right and you're making people your, your you know your audience and your, your 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 customer base know that there is value you're going to make a killing this year now if on the other hand you're not value driven you're you know somewhere in the middle you're going to struggle right and if you're in a wrong category you're going to struggle even more so Reducing your budget accordingly in line with macro trends might be the best thing to do. Now, I'm speaking to performance marketing because if a macro trend indicates that, let's say, mugs, coffee mugs were in a decline and you're now amplifying or keeping the same. So it just means that like people in that market are not necessarily that excited about coffee mugs and you're spending $500,000 in 2022 on social advertising and now it's still declining. Would you still spend $500,000 because your margins, because the return on that $500,000 is certainly not going to be the same as 2022. No, it's not. And if it's not, why do that? So you need to reduce your spend if trends are indicating that and focus, as I said in the first point, on brand and content, right? On telling the message, on cutting through the noise, on re-educating the market. So cut the slack accordingly. Look for your profits and loss, your PL, look at all your expenses. And sadly, if you've overhired in, in the years past, in 2022, in the boom of 2022, 2020, you hired and you you're on a spree, you may need to cut those overheads. It's a reality. I I I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you really need to look at all of your expenses. You know. Let it run for this quarter if, if, if required. But if the signals are still going in, in that direction, then you need to cut your overheads. I'm going to give you some tips on expansion because I did talk about expansion, which is critical in this period. But you need to face the reality and cut accordingly if 
the market isn't in your favor. If, if it's, if, if the macro trends are, you know, um, that's just not appropriate for you. Tip number three or action number three from a marketing standpoint is embrace organic. And I put TikTok especially there. Why did I put that? It is, you know, one of the places where you could be there in three months and amass a hundred million views, a brand. Why wouldn't you want to be part of it? Why wouldn't you want to test such a platform? You have to embrace more organic. People need to know you. You need to build audiences and then you need to convert those audiences to prospects by email, by capturing their email, capturing their SMS and continuing that fascination, that emotional connection with your audience in those channels and those new channels directly. But at the same time, still doing what you're doing on the outside. So attention is the major quarantine. In two episodes ago, I was speaking to, I think it was Joey. Is it Joey? Uh, I hate myself for that. I was speaking to, 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 to an operator and he was like, no, actually, it was Jake. Jake from Midsummers. You're going to listen to, to his episode if you... A few, um, I think next week or thereabouts. So Jake from Midsummer's, I had an interview with him and he was talking about how his entire marketing team, entire marketing team are just a bunch of creators, forward facing creators, editors, videographers, because in his world, in, in the world of Midsummer's, it, they're, they're producing media, their media production company, their, their marketing is media. You need to embrace media. Don't tell me how boring your, your product is. You need to embrace media. Video is a gold standard. And then you use other formats to support video. So embrace that. Podcasting is a fantastic platform if you have the resources, if you can execute the highest level. And if you're doing podcasting nowadays, you have to, it has to be with video. I hope this is all coming through. Number four is embrace earned media, right? Now, earned media is coverage from third parties about you. Media coverage from third parties about you because you're interesting, because you have a story about your story, not just you, your story. Which brings me to a point, a sub point, which is what is your story? If I asked your customer, tell me the story of your brand, would they be able to tell you, tell me your brand story? What, what is your story? And your story doesn't stop at, oh, the founding story, that, that, that's one story. But there are many, many other stories. Are you telling that story? Are you being proactive? Are you learning to do PR? Do you have a podcast outreach strategy? How are you getting your brand name out there? How are your products media worthy? 
story worthy? Is quality of your products worth a mention in your favorite magazines, both consumer and business? Earned media, again, cuts through that noise. As I said in point one, cutting through, actually point two, cutting your performance marketing means more focus on your organic and earned. PR is key. Whether it's a social media post or profile speaking to you, or a mass of social media conversations through hashtags and the like, speaking about your brand and your product offering, or the press. If that happens, if the, if the latter, if, if if the previous happens, which is lots of people speaking on social media about your brand, the press will pick it up, and vice, kind of like vice versa, but more people. You, it's the power of the people. It's the power of the people that drums up that attention from the media. And then you proactively tell these stories to through the press, right? To journalists in the press. I'm going to get someone on PR to do a masterclass so we really get into the nitty-gritty of how to get your PR done this year, this season, season eight. Chat GPT, that's point number five in marketing. This is generative AI will help plug in the void of lost personnel. I asked Chat GPT this morning, this morning, to write me a response letter to a group, to a duo who were interested in, in, in doing e-commerce coaching with me. And it just turned out, so I gave it a lot of context. I was like, I just spoke with, with Ben and Frank and they're looking to launch a CPG drinks company and they need my help as an e-commerce coach to, 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 to help them with the, to help them pass the ideation stage, product development, market launch, promotion, can you write me a letter? And and it, it, it just spat out <laughs> a really, really nice letter for me. Obviously, I you don't copy and paste it. You, you, you adapt it to your unique circumstances. But that saved me time because I I take my time when I type. You know, I, I I'm one of those people that really take their time, you know, to 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 construct emails. And with that framework, it just allows me to just go through all of the the bits, the structural bits, delete and change. We're using ChatGPT in our company for writing job descriptions, right? I don't know about you. We use Upwork a lot and people per hour for like UK resources. We use Upwork a lot. And one of the annoying things about Upwork is not, not it's not annoying. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a, It's a barrier, right? A roadblock to to listing and just getting jobs on because it's it's a lot of the time it's all about the who, not the how, right? You know what you want to do. When I know what I, I want to do, 
and I know what it entails. I'm looking for who's going to solve it for me. And and so sometimes it's freelance and sometimes it's a full-on job on LinkedIn jobs, but we're, we're using ChatGPT to just generate job descriptions for us, you know, regularly. And it's working, right? So AI is your friend. AI is like an additional member of staff. That's, that's what's in my notes. It's like an additional member of staff. So don't take it lightly. Don't. Point number six is it's time to humanize your brand. It needs a face. If it doesn't have one already, your brand needs a face. What do I mean? You need to humanize your brand. It doesn't have to be you. That's the nice thing about it. It doesn't have to be you. It could be either a creator or a group of creators. When people see your brand or see that creator, it's almost synonymous with your brand. See you synonymous with your brand. I'm talking about 2023. And the advantage of this is you're making another emotional connection with people because people make decisions on, on emotions and then they justify with logic. 2023 is a year of emotions. And most of the tips here I've given you are hacks to garner more emotion. These are the marketing tips, six of them. I'm going to repeat them again. Focus on brand. Get a brand strategist on board. Cut the slack. Reduce budgets, reduce overheads. Look at your PL. Embrace organic TikTok, especially. <laughs> Chat GPT, generative AI. Use it. Embrace AI. The final point is it's time to humanize your brand, right? Let's get to operations. Operations. Operations is is the boring part. No one really talks too much about operations. You hear more on 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 forums, on on, on social media. You know, you, you hear a lot more about marketing and growth and and all that. That's the exciting bit. But what makes growth exciting is is operations at the back end, which nobody really glorifies as the back end. My one tip with the operations is infusing agility in your product development, right? Life cycle. By now, you should have known the importance of product launch cadence. There's, there's just that importance, that, that, that important thing that, you know, as a brand, you're regularly on schedule. It could be once a year. It could be twice a year. I, I don't know what business you're in. It could be once a quarter. You're releasing products that appeal to your core and secondary base consistently, consistently, consistently. Now, that needs to be agile. Now, you ask, why does it need to be agile? I talked about value. Remember the macro trend we talked about where we're like 2023 is for a large part value. 
I have a, a coaching student that have for the large part in 2020 they they launched a it was a record breaking product in their in their space right in the automotive space and it was just it was it's just brilliant timing with 2020 with all that happened in 2020 they released it and it, it just set records sales records across the board no other product category had had ever done what this product has done but it was a premium product it was a slightly premium product it was it was a premium product and this past four months when we look at the data we're noticing that the date that that there is a decline there's been a decline in in demand and so one of the conversations we're having and actually actions that that's being taken now in in, in that particular brand is we're going to release a value range. So, so rather than having to discount over discount and essentially lose intrinsic value by, by over discounting over this period, let's go back to the basics. Let's create a basic, um, basic line that still delivers 80% of what this signature or flagship product line of products actually do so that we maintain and drum up demand and even potentially actually grow through 2023. Right. The nuance here is slow down your product launch cadence, right? But be more agile, be more agile in your product development to cater to the macro trends you're seeing, which in many cases, most cases is value. So how can you tweak you're offering in a way that value is appreciated at a price that works, right? Without diminishing your 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 your, your, your entire brand's value proposition to the market. That's a thought, right? That's a big thought. So that's point number one. Point number two, which we are exploring personally in in our brand, is geo expansion. Right now, if you're in the United States, it may or may not apply to you. If even it, it can apply to you in the United States, I know some U.S. brands that do not even sell to Canada, and I know Canada is in in many cases a fifth of the U.S. market. But here in Europe, right in 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 Europe, there is massive opportunity. Right in in the U.K., um, the many U.K. brands that are have and always been selling locally you know nationally rather in the uk so one of our growth plans is like an aggressive eu european expansion this is through our amazon right and it is hard it's hard work you know you're, you're talking about translations you're talking about packaging you know you need to rethink everything the supply chain stock taxes <laughs> taxes let's not talk about taxes right there, there's so much so much involved but imagine just putting your head down over the next two quarters and getting products into another geo that will help because there's a tendency that you're like 
with the UK, with our UK sales, we're like 15% down. But because we're constantly expanding in other European geos, we're not noticing that 15% down. We're actually growing. Incremental, small increments, but we're growing. Point number three, use debt. <laughs> in business, debt is time, right? Debt is it's time. Money is time, right? So really, money is, is the way we quantify time, you know, but nothing replaces time and life. That, that's the core reality. And, you know, human beings are not perfect, right? We're shoddy. We're shoddy beings. We can't reinvent time. So we've, we've kind of like, our, our, our translation or, or manifestation of time is money, right? And debt is time. T debt buys you time. And, and, and with the time, it buys you time cash flow. So you don't have to expend too much. I'm going to be interviewing one of the founders of a, a European inventory finance company called Tread. I, in the past, I've, I've interviewed the US equivalent. I would give you the name. I'll link to, to the US equivalent there. And with inventory finance, obviously, it's one of the things that, that's really helping a lot of brands. You're essentially paying your suppliers right today through their service and then in 90 days you you start to pay them you pay them with three percent interest rate or they're about to, it all depends right this is no financial advice but cleverly utilize debt don't personal guarantee for for anything do not personal guarantee obviously but um or, or i say i i do not personally guarantee because I I I want to protect obviously my 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 wealth, my family, you know, the, the interest of my family, right? So that's just me. But use debt effectively, right? In in, in 2020, 23. I've read or I I I watched a snippet around revenue based finance, you know, being being a a scam. Look, if you use an RBF and it works for you, it's worked for us, right? The ease of access to the funds and the ease of the way it's paid, it's, for us it's worked, right? RBF, we, but we don't use it. You, we, we, we use it sparingly. It's not, you shouldn't be on RBF all year long. You should use it quite strategically, right? And also plan it out. We have a, 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 a we have a, a fractional finance director in our company, and she puts on models. You know, shout out to Malika. You know, she puts in models, all sorts of business models. You know, for us or finance models for us to plan well ahead. And I just debt buys you time. That that's been my takeaway about debt if used well appropriately, you know, so, so you, you, you definitely use debt for inventory, use debt for, use debt for, 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 for marketing, knowing for, for marketing, not speculative marketing, but 
strategic marketing. Use your your charge cards, your business charge cards. Business charge cards are so, so helpful. You know, they buy you 28 days in terms of cash flow. Use debt effectively. Don't take on debt you can't afford. <laughs> okay? Don't take on debt you can't afford. Or use debt. Point number four in operations is embrace generative AI. <laughs> it's my second time saying it, right? But in operations, here are four use cases, drop descriptions, canned responses in emails, product descriptions, template generation. The list is endless. You, you get the drift. You get the point. Use generative AI. Say you're frustrated and you want to reply to a customer, right? Um, you want to reply to a customer and you, you don't have very kind words. You could put the unkind words into chat GPT and say, could you please rewrite a more polite way <laughs> sentence for what I'm about to, to for, for this, you know, for this sentence here and it will turn out and then you just do it. You know, you just do it. So, ChatGPT is your personal assistant, both in operations and marketing. Use it. Use it regularly. And then my bonus point in operations is if you haven't already, go wholesale. Start to look for other channels. You know, wholesale might be an opportunity to, to really double down on and use. And there you go, friends. Or two X's. This, the, those are my 10 key takeaways for 2023. So in operations, I said, infuse agility into your product development, but slow down your product launch cadence if your overheads cannot hold up. Two was geo expansion. Three was use debt effectively. Four was embrace generative AI. And five was, or the bonus was wholesale, embrace wholesale if you haven't already. People, if you enjoyed this podcast, there's more coming from me. You'll hear directly from me because I realize that people don't really know how I think. I don't really go on other podcasts, which is changing. It's going to change this year. I, I don't... I'm, I'm, I'm this humble leader and I listen a lot in the podcast, ask questions. People say I ask good questions. People enjoy the experience. Most, of, most, most guests who come on this podcast often say, Kune, that interview, I enjoyed it thoroughly. You're a great interview interviewer, you know, and all of that stuff. And with the latest format on the podcast where I really want to get into the story, it, it really, really bridges a connection with me and, and, and my guest. Now, you've got to hear more, more about me. I need to change things up a little bit so you, you hear where we're going. You know, I'm, I'm operating an e-commerce business. I work with a group of e-commerce students, e-commerce operators, e-commerce operators, right? And you deserve to kind of look under the hood. I need to shed a bit more light on what is going on, you know, what my thoughts are on specific 
things, specific trends, specific ways of doing things, you deserve it. So, yes, that's what this this is all about. Now, reach out to me. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm on kunle at 2xecommerce.com. If you have any questions, if you have any feedback, and if you haven't already, definitely leave us a review on your top podcasting apps. Spotify has a star review system now, and Apple Podcasts allows you to give a full-on review. So if you enjoyed this, definitely give us a follow and review on whatever podcasting platform you access this. All the best for the rest of the day and the rest of 2023. Ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind just search for 2x e-commerce on facebook to find it answer three questions and you'll be approved grab the show notes of this episode on our website 2xecommerce.com finally if you haven't already give the show a review on your podcasting app catch you on the next show and keep growing